You're listening to KTDTLP Tucson, Downtown Radio 99.1 FM. You are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM, Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Trigger warning, today's episode does talk about domestic abuse. Hello and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio Destiny and her daughter Seven. Destiny is a videographer and photographer who is passionate about self-healing. Seven is an 8th grader who'd like to become a zoologist. We'll be right back with Destiny and Seven. But first, let's talk about letting go. A friend of mine went to a meditation, and after the meditation, they actually asked a question. And the question was, what things in your life do you want more of, and what things do you want to have less of? So she made her list. And then she said that on the less of list, They had them pick one thing from there, I want less of this in my life, and then sit with someone else. And all they did was ask them, what is good about this thing that you keep having in your life that you want less of? And they just kept answering that question. What is it about this that you like? Which is an interesting question. Like there's something like in my life, I'd like to do less work. But the question is, Basically, it comes down to like, why do you have so much of this in your life? What's good about this? What's good about this? And I was thinking about it. I work all the time. It's just way too much. And I wish I didn't. I wish I spent more time with friends and family and outdoors and in my garden and working in my house and stuff like that. But I end up working all the time. And what's good about work is that I love what I do. And it's very gratifying and it boosts my ego in all these really beautiful ways to do something because I teach, to do something that in some cases transforms somebody's life or gives them a chance to express themselves in a new way. You know, they're making art projects and I love looking at their artwork and I want to do everything I can to make the experience of college this like amazing experience. So like create an art club and then I'm like, oh, we should have an art show, you know, putting up their artwork and like getting it framed. And there's all these pieces to doing what I love. What ends up happening is then I have no energy for anything else. So wanting to have less work in my life means that I need to look at the other question. The other question was, what are you missing out on because of this thing? So what I'm missing out on by working so much is time with friends, deeper connections, sleep, rest, play, time outdoors, hiking and biking and being with my friends. It's it's this trade-off and I'm always making the trade-off to commit to all of these things that make my work life very rich. And I love those things. And like I said, it feeds my ego. I feel great about what I do, but I'm giving up a lot to do that. So a couple of weeks ago, I I told you guys that I started, I reached out to friends. I said, I'm feeling very blue. I want to go to a coffee shop and see you all. Let's, let's do this on Mondays and Fridays. Last week, I couldn't do it because I had scheduled myself with things that I need to do like a mammogram. Yay, mammograms. And then the pest control guy needed to come over. And then I had a meeting. And and so it just seems like work replaces things that really are important to my happiness. And I don't know how to balance them out. I don't know how to do my job and give it just a percent instead of everything. I don't seem to know how to do that. So I'm trying to figure out 
this trap I've created for myself where I just work all the time and how to still do a great job and keep the things I like about it and then make it manageable and have a life that I like. And so I don't have any answers on this. I don't know what will get me there. I don't know that. But I do know that it's important to play. It's important to get coffee with friends. And maybe some things I need to do not so great, just not do such a great job on some of them or mess up on something and not turn something in on time. I don't think it'll get me fired. So that I have time for the things that matter as much as my work, not less than what my work is. So to all of you out there, much love. I hope you have a week in which you play and rest and spend time with friends. Much love. Trigger warning, today's episode does talk about domestic abuse. So today we have with us in the studio, Destiny and her daughter, Seven. Destiny is a videographer and photographer who's passionate about self-healing. Seven is an eighth grader who'd like to become a zoologist. Hello, Destiny and Seven. Welcome to the depression session. Hello. Hi. So glad to have you guys here. So yeah, what do you want to share? What do you want to share with our audience? What are you up to this week? What's new? Well, I'm very grateful to be on this session. Really exciting. I've never been on the radio before or anything. Thanks. I think the best thing if you are going through depression is to find something you're passionate about. What really helped me, I have a friend who's very caring and always helps me and hangs out with me. It always helps just to have someone there. It also helps to have a hobby. Like, my hobby is anything to do with animals. I like to volunteer. I like to hang out with animals, basically. Where do you volunteer? I used to volunteer with the Tucson Reptile Rescue before it closed down. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was it was really good. The owner was a really amazing person, too. I really look up to her. Well, so, Destiny, what about you? What's new in your life? What are you excited about? Oh, there's a lot of new stuff going on. Well, I do struggle with depression, and I have probably my whole life. I remember being a child and struggling with it. Recently, we've been having issues with, as a mom, my daughter being bullied at school, and that's been pretty hard, especially with media, social media going on. My daughter was um, jumped by multiple girls at school. Oh. Yes. And as a mother, that was so hard to see, and it was recorded and, you know, all over the place. And learning how to deal with that without my past jumping in. And my past would be to automatically, you know, walk up to the school, walk up, find that kid. And probably not the best way to handle it. But my emotions are just, I feel it in my body. I can't imagine. You have that physical attachment with your child. You know, and then being able to be calm and talk to the principal and all these things. And it's hard to understand if my daughter, can she be herself, if she can't be herself? Because there's so many different cultures, just in Tucson, so many different cultures. So if she goes to this school, it's kind of like she has to not be herself. She has to be them to survive. That's an issue. We're from a blended family, so we have very different cultures in our family. My fiancé is Mexican, and his two kids are Guatemalan and Mexican, and they were raised very different from us. I'm from Cleveland and living in a more rough area of Cleveland. I would say that where I was from was probably not a lot of white people. So I have a very different experience from most of the white friends I do have here. And then all this political stuff going on, it's it's kind of a little crazy. It's crazy times in general, but being bullied at school, that's horrible. It's intense. Uh. Yeah, it's pretty hard, but I've my mom been telling me to kind of like not really ignore it, but Try to get back at them by ignoring them personally, but then telling an adult. Yes, telling an adult, but holding your own dignity then. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's good philosophy. She's very strong. I'm very amazed by her. I'm very inspired by her strength. She is almost mastered not taking things personal. And I think she understands these girls. Doing that to her really has nothing to do with her. It's just the way things are set up. And not a lot of children are learning to have compassion for other people by their parents. Kindness seems to be short these days. We're mm-hmm. short on kindness in our country for, for sure. some reason. So I just want to hand it over. So Seven, tell us the story of your depression. What do you want to share? So as a young child, my father, he kind of abandoned me at the age of one. And then he came back when I was nine. But throughout that time, there was a lot going on. Mother had a lot of abusive boyfriends that would hit her and abuse her in front of me. And sometimes I would stand up for her and yell at them and hit them. I was only like five or I was really young when she had like really abusive boyfriends. So I didn't really know how to handle it. I didn't know what to do. And I feel bad because I didn't tell. I probably should have told. But I was a young girl, and I didn't know what to do. And a lot of people have really hard lives, and even people who don't really have, like, the idea of a hard life. I feel like everyone has the same pain, but everyone deals with it differently. And after that, after so many times of me moving, getting used to, like, pain and sorrow, I was actually kind of happy. I didn't really mind it. Uh, Like, all the fighting and craziness and drama, I didn't mind it. I was happy, but then my mother, she found someone she really loved, her fiancé now. They're going to get married really soon, hopefully. I'm really excited. He has two kids, and I like them. They're really nice. It, it was hard for me to adjust from going from crazy lifestyle to, like, the ideal, normal family. So I got really depressed, not going anywhere. I felt really trapped in the society that I've been placed into. It felt like a cage to me, and I slowly started finding ways to deal with it. Throughout my depression, I've done a lot of crazy things. I've ran away. I've even attempted suicide. I was really depressed. Kids have walked up to me, handed me sharp objects, and told me to kill myself. Kids are pretty evil, but you kind of have to ignore them and get on with your life. Because what are you going to let those horrible children who are going to wind up losers on the side of the street someday rule your life when you could be some amazing human being that can change the world. I want to be remembered, and I hope you do too. Great. Thanks so much for your story. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, Destiny, tell us the story of your depression. Oh, my depression. So it definitely got passed down to my daughter, as you can see. Thinking certain lifestyles are normal and kind of not really knowing anything else other than violence, you know, and and poverty and in Cleveland where I'm from. So whatever happened to my mom, I noticed just kind of spread on to me, violent boyfriends and and my daughter had, you know, I hope I didn't pass that on to my daughter. I think she's very smart. So me and Peyton, while we had this wild life together, I was 18 when I had her, we would move all the time and I think we had kind of had fun. I think we had new adventures, new, and with the drama, and you get kind of addicted to it. The Like your brain chemistry kind of needs the drama, and it, and it kind of becomes fun. And I remember that when I was younger. Like every time mom would fight with her boyfriends, she would feel guilty and take us out. So then there became this addiction that every time something bad happened, I would get this romantic time with my mom. That was spread on to my daughter too. So something bad would happen, I would feel guilty, and then me and Peyton would have our romance time, and that became like this pattern that we would do and that was kind of hard to see and break and now that 
I have a lot of support now. I'm able to do a lot of healing, deep healing. We've done intensive therapy. We've been working with Kodak. It's been hard. We've had in-home therapy. I think the most powerful therapy we've had is couples therapy. So when we do it together, it's more deep. She tells me what she sees. I tell her what I see. And, you know, when you're alone and you're just looking at yourself, sometimes you don't see the whole picture. So when somebody's able to tell you what they see, it's a lot more, it's more deep, more deep therapy. So I've had a lot of therapy with my fiance and a lot of stuff has come up that I'd never even noticed before. And when you're with another person, it's intense, but I love that intensity because the more intense it is and the more it hurts, the more I'm healing and the more I'm growing. I kind of like that feeling. I've taken that, the old patterns, you know, trying to make different patterns. I guess I'm addicted to self-transformation now and trying to build my confidence in a different way. My confidence was pretty low coming from a restricted lifestyle when you didn't know anything outside of the box that you're in. Great. Thanks so much for your story. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, it's interesting because I've never had a, I've had my mother daughter depression session with my mom on the show, but I've never had a mother and daughter come on the show. And I'll be honest, I relate to a lot of that stuff. My dad's an alcoholic, my mom's an alcoholic. And so there was not a lot of peace in the household. And then after my parents divorced, there's all this stuff that you end up with and you're still young. You have all that stuff and it's great that you're working on it now. I mean, I did go to therapy at that time, but I was the like, fine, fine, fine kid. Good, good, good. Fine. Everything's good. And I think my brother had so many needs that he got maybe more out of the therapy. And I just kind of was like, went on to like make everything perfect all the time. And that was my coping mechanism. But when you get to be an adult, all that stuff that's in you, the minute you start having relationships with people, it comes out. And I swear you're drawn to people that can reach inside and touch that part of you that nobody else can. They reach right into you and suddenly that old wound is there and then you're able to heal it. And it doesn't totally heal the first time. (laughs) My boyfriend and I do a lot of therapy kind of with each other, just taking turns talking and listening to each other. And we still get upset. We still get upset. Like he's upset and I'm upset right now because we don't have time together. And it's my fault and it's his fault because we work too much. And then when he's upset with me, I go back to being that kid who wants to fix everything and we can't have fights. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really, really important to do that, though, and to find those people who can be kind to you while you're going through those things that they pull out. You're, you're touching something in them and they're touching something in you and just to have somebody who will sit with you. And I think it's really beautiful that you guys can do this with each other as mother and daughter. You know, do, do you think that that pattern, I mean, just from each perspective, do you think maybe that pattern can be broken now? And, you know, with the things you're doing now while she's still young? The pattern has been broken and I, I'm so grateful. It's because I'm able to not stress so much. I'm out of, the ghetto. <laughs> so it's broken. But when stuff happens, like for instance, when she was jumped at school, I regressed. I felt that that old feeling inside of me. And then I just have to be aware. You were ready to go kick some butt. Oh, yeah. I wanted to find <laughs> that little girl. And I was like, what? 
And then I guess for you, Seven, you want to have a different life than that, I'm guessing, right? Absolutely, yeah. I I think it's best that I've had these situations. So now, like when I was younger and I learned from them now instead of letting them go on when I'm older and callousing up, I feel like it would take away all my compassion. I have a lot of compassion for other people. I like to hear other people's stories. I really do like to help people, but my main goal is to be remembered throughout history, mostly by being a zoologist that finds an, an animal. By traveling the world, I want to be I want to be successful and remembered. Yeah. I have a friend, actually. This is a fun story. She was in college with me, and she wanted to be a zoologist, and she went to graduate school for that. But she said, I met my first chimp, and that was it. It was over. I fell in love. And so she works for Save the Chimps and spent years in New Mexico rehabilitating chimps that had been lab animals and helping them rehabilitate. And now all of those chimps live on an island off the coast of Florida. And her job is to go out to the island and back and, like, take care of them. Amazing. And I think, like, what a cool life, right? That would be really amazing. Like, chimpanzees actually redefined the definition of human. The definition of human was a mammal that can use tools, Mm -hmm. uses tools. And a woman, a really amazing woman, found out that chimpanzees use tools. Yeah. And either they had to accept chimpanzees as human or they had to redefine the meaning of human. Really amazing. I have a, a book on her and I read it. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. There's there. That's the thing is that if you follow your passion, you can do something that makes a difference for a whole species, right? Yeah. You know, you can do research or find something out or, and it could be the smallest thing. And I remember hearing a story of a little boy and there's starfish all along the shore, this is just a story, there were not starfish, but let's say in this story, there's starfish all along the shore. They've been washed up on the shore, and this little boy was throwing them back out into the ocean. And somebody came by, and he's like, you can't throw them all in. Like, some of them are going to die. It, what difference does it make? And he held up one of the starfish. He said, it makes a difference to this one. So you don't have to change the world on a grand scale to make a difference. You can make a difference for just, like, that group of chimpanzees, for example. Yeah. I always like to think of bees, for example. Bees are really amazing. Without bees, we would actually not be here. Yeah. Because bees pollinate the flowers. Flowers give off fruit, vegetables, and without fruit or vegetables or even plants in general, there wouldn't be any herbivores. And without herbivores, no carnivores. And without carnivores... No us. <laughs> it's like the simplest thing. You can't take things out of the equation. Everything's yes, everything's so perfectly balanced. Really and, amazing. And I think that's true for depression. Yeah. There is this balance that happens. Everything's an ecosystem. Inside mm-hmm. of us, we have this o- whole ecosystem of experiences and feelings. And you can't take out the bad parts and just keep the good ones. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like if you took out the stinger from the bee, yeah. then they would die. Yeah. You can't take out all the... Bad things, because then the good things would die, too. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. So another thing that struck me in your story was just, like, how much poverty plays a part in those experiences, because it's just incredibly hard to get out of a situation when you're in poverty. Would you share a little bit about that with us, Jessica? It's so hard to get out of that situation when you're in poverty, and it's a mental block. Like, you can only see so far, because you're just worried about you know, food, rent, where am I going to live? We've, we've been homeless together, Peyton and I. 
So once you do get past that, hopefully people don't get stuck in that, which I know that happens all the time. But yeah. um, once I was able to get stable, doors opened everywhere. I didn't have to think about stress. So much of my energy was taken from me. You know, doors opened everywhere. I was able to heal so much. Yeah, my boyfriend and I were talking recently about Tucson versus San Diego because he, he'd like to do he has his own business and he'd like to do some of it in San Diego. And, you know, I'm not sure I want to go to San Diego and I'm sure I could have a beautiful life there as well, but it's more expensive. But he said that, that there's more people with more money there and more opportunities for his business. And I get that. The thing with Tucson, we were talking about deep listening and something that he feels there's a cultural thing here where people don't you tell them something and they just go on to their thing. And I don't experience that as much here, but he's experienced it a fair amount. And I was thinking about that. And one of my friends said, well, everybody here is in survival mode. This is not a wealthy town. So many people are just worried about where they're going to get their next meal. Even college educated people with, you know, who have jobs, but they still can't get out of a survival mode of like, I'm, I'm just barely making it. That's what I've got to worry about. I don't have time for you and your story. <laughs> and I don't know if that's true, but I think there's a little bit of that, that there's true there. You were talking about, you can go block over and people have a totally different culture and community and finding one where your story fits is really hard, especially if your story's poverty, but you don't want to live in poverty. Mm-hmm. And so So the videography that I started, I started off taking pictures and I just, I loved it. It was helped me feel better. That's what I would do. It was like meditation for me. Just seeing beauty and pulling out the beauty in the pictures just through editing, just making things. I would just get really into it. Then I just started doing videos and I I started doing videos for people that were probably oppressed, I'm, I'm guessing. It really helped lift me up knowing that I was lifting somebody else up. So my my nephew who was gay was having a hard time with that. I made a video of of another gay boy who does makeup amazing, you know, young and he's starting this business at the age of 16. So I made a video of him, you know, doing my nephew's makeup and that it just empowered him and he just felt so free at the same time it was scary. I was doing videos for single mothers who were stuck in poverty and who were, you know, past gang members, doing videos for them, whatever. I would just interview them, you know, make them t- have them tell me some stories and I would pull all that out in the videos, you know, media is powerful mm. and an image is powerful. And I think that helped uplift them. And I did the one for Peyton, one so that we could see and show compassion, the sad side of the videos. And then we did a, a really sweet one of all the amazing things about her and pulled all that out. And I think it was really healing for her. So that's been really healing for us. What's, what, do you have a website that people could look at? I haven't started, but I okay. have a YouTube. Sure. What's your YouTube? Uh, Destiny Riley. Destiny spelled with an A. It's just Destiny Riley. There's just a picture of me on the front. Um, Great. So people could go check out the videos. If yeah, they I've done to. some kids with basketball. I've done, yeah, there's stuff on there. Cool. So eventually I will get a website yeah. and just start and all. Yeah. And you have to start somewhere. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> And then for you, what was it like doing some videography with your mom? It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. She makes it really fun. It's not just like boring and it's not awkward either. Because like, even if it was a stranger, I feel like it still wouldn't be awkward because the way she acts. And she has like, you feel comfortable, makes you just hang out. Yeah. She'll videotape it or she'll 
take pictures, and it's really fun. It's kind of like dress up. Yeah. It's really fun. I like it. Cool. Very cool. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask about was like the bullying. I'm I'm horrified, and yet I know it's true that people would like hand you a sharp object and tell you to kill yourself. Because I remember school, and people can be so cruel, and often they they find someone who looks like they're already having a hard time, and then they're mean, especially to them. And I just wondered what's your message to people who are doing that, or people who are experiencing it. Well. For people that are experiencing bullying, especially at that level, I would say this is what I do. I personally think to myself, someday they'll wish they were never mean to me because I will be remembered. I will make a difference in the world and no one will even remember them. Ten years from now, I won't even remember their name. Neither will you. Yeah. And then for someone who's experiencing, or for someone who is doing the bullying, I would say, think about how would you feel because you were already feeling horrible and someone was treating you like that. It's really hard to get over it. It's actually traumatizing. Like, my mother, I know a lot of her problems were from bullying because she's had a lot of bullies in her life. She's told me about them. Yeah. And it's still affecting her to this day. Do you really want to affect someone? Think about this. If you tell someone to go kill themselves and then later on you find out that they did, Would you be able to live with yourself after that? Yeah. And then the last thing I want to talk about is just like a kind of hope for the future. What do you each have for hope for the future? Do you want to start? Hope for the future. My hope is that people can find an equal balance in between. I want them to be truthful but kind. I want them to no longer oppress anyone, no matter what. I I want them to find the balance in between themselves and one another. Yeah, that's great. How about you? What's your hope for the future? I hope people learn to let go and to let go of needing to control the minds and opinions of other people and accepting and compassion. Um, I hope people become more reflective. I just hope people uh, learn compassion in general, even for people that you know might be hurting them. There's something going on there. As yeah. well. Great. Well, that's a perfect way to end the show. Thank you so much for being on the depression session. Thank, Thank you. you. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.